I'm sure you are all wondering why we titled this episode, Do You Have the Evidence? Simple Bible Study. Today we are going to go over the evidence of the Holy Spirit. This is something that we think that most of you know. However, we are going to put our own twist to it. So follow along and have fun with us. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Simple Mission Podcast. My name is David. And I am Leanna. And And we're we're the the Bonds. We are newlyweds in our 20s, living for Jesus while just being real and open about our life. Figuring out your mission from God does not have to be complicated. Rather, it's simple. We bring you along as we talk about relationship, family, marriage, college life, simple living, and business. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to your life as we learn together every week and maybe have some laughs along the way. (laughs) Hello, you guys. This is our first Bible study in a really long time on the podcast. I think the last time we did a Bible study was one of the bonus episodes we did last year, and a lot of people really liked that one. I think it was called Love Others as Yourself. It was just a little short 10 to 15 minute Bible study, but this one is going to be really fun. Um, It's not going to be boring, I promise. Uh, It's all about the the fruits of the Spirit, but first, let's talk about Patreon. Yeah, so uh, Patreon is a great, fantastic way to connect and support with us. Um, if you haven't gone on there, um, check out uh, patreon.com slash the simple mission. And there are plenty of options there for you um, as a way to uh, support um, the simple mission, us, and also maybe get some free gifts along the way. So um, check out the patreon.com slash simple mission. Um, to connect and support with us. Yeah, so we wanted to throw that out there in case you all just wanted to support us and just share us on for this free podcast. Yes. So um, right before we dive into it, let's read our Bible verse for this Bible study. Yeah, so we are going to read... Well, we're we're focused on Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 26. But for the but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there are there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Wow. So, uh, as most of you all know, or maybe you don't know, um, the Apostle Paul uh, is writing this um, in the in the book of Galatians. And basically what he's trying to do is to describe how we can identify with the Holy Spirit and connect with God and Jesus more, even more than I guess we know how. And so some of these are really basic examples um, but before Galatians 5, 22 to 26, Paul actually writes about the works of the flesh. Um, and so some of those are sexual immor- immor- immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, uh, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, um, 
divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, etc. And those are found in verses 20 through 21. And so basically Paul warns us that that those who do such things will we will state it as like they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, so one thing that he pointed out, you know, that they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But don't worry, like, if you have sinned, you're not doomed. <laughs> we, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says that in Romans 3.23. And no one is ever fully perfect or righteous on their own other than Jesus Christ. But, you know, what Paul is trying to say here is that the wicked people, the people that don't know God or believe in Jesus Christ, will not be able to enter into heaven. Of course, evil people can always turn from their wicked ways, and they can repent and believe in Jesus and be saved, and all of their sins will be wiped clean. But even us as Christians, we like obviously still sin, but we can always go back to God and you know, with our humble hearts and repent and to turn away from our wrongdoing because you know God can always show us the way back to Him every single time. Yes, and so. You know, we love this um, little Bible study, and Leanne and I were trying to come up with a with a title. And you know, you, <laughs> the title is probably the most important thing because it catches your attention and stuff. And we're like, hey, like, like, do you have the evidence? And I was, and so we were talking about this, and we were like, well, um, how can we like not say just state say the fruits of the spirit and then it kind of be a little bit or y'all don't want to listen to it because boring yeah yeah so basically what the evidence ties to is the the gifts and um the actually like the evidence of the holy spirit which is um the nine in galatians and so um we love that because if you have the evidence and like you are continuing to practice these basically like the breakdown of galatians 25 um 5 22 to 26 then you will be basically like a light unto the world and so you will be the evidence and so um we were kind of joking around about the top about the title um but we kind of thought that to be fitting kind of a new twist and a new way of looking at the fruits of the spirit and so um you know um paul is Whenever he's writing this, he he also is stating that those who live by the flesh continually in sin with unrepentant and hard hearts, never living for God, but call themselves Christians, are also in danger of not inheriting the kingdom of God. And so this is something to be careful of because, you know, God loves us so much and he longs he longs for us to do something in return, love him and obey his commandments. So as you can probably kind of get the gist of this, the fruits of the spirit, uh, do you have the evidence type thing, you know, in the, in the New Testament, in the beginning of, um, after Jesus went up into heaven, he uh, basically appointed the apostles and those around him to go out and spread the good news of the gospel. And so if somebody's listening to this and they go, well, you know, what's the, what's the point of like you're on a seesaw and so i guess people and humans us humans sometimes we have a hard time clarifying like what's godly and what's not you know and so we get those two confused sometimes maybe because like there's a lot of gray in life sometimes and so this is a way paul was writing this and saying okay 
this is basically black and this is white. And he's yeah. really defining the characteristics of Jesus and the characteristics of God and the characteristics of the Holy Spirit living through us yeah. and how to identify that and how to say, okay, this is of God, this is of Jesus, okay, this is of the world. And so that's why Definitely. there's two really strong, very um, compactful words like all of the both sides of the equation you have the world the worldly ways and then godly ways and they're both very very contrasted and they're both very different and they're both on opposite ends of the seesaw and so you know um but we loved like doing all this research for you guys and for us too and, and, and like we've learned so much about this um and so let's let's start breaking this verse verses down yeah so one more thing i wanted to add is um we had an interview with chelsea and we talked a lot about you know standing for the truth and one of the things that she mentioned was you know being able to discern uh the fruits of people like if they say they're christian you know is their fruit is it evident in their own life if the Holy Spirit is in them and working in them? And if the fruits are not coming out, so, like, obviously we didn't don't buy the fruit. Like, we didn't mention it right now. But uh, if they don't have that or a lot of it, then they're not in step, like, walking in step in the Spirit. And that's how you can tell and, uh, I guess, separate the real Christian versus the people that say they are, but they're not living the truth but that's something we're gonna mention uh at the end of the episode yeah so leanna brought up a fruit and um along with the interview with with chelsea she used the word fruit a lot um but you know in in terms of this like like what does that mean in today's society in today's world and so um we like to i guess to try to change that a little bit to the evidence so like what is the evidence that that you are living th- for God and that God is living through you. And so, you know, fruit or evidence is kind of different, but in this term, it can almost mean the same thing because basically it's like the fruit or the evidence of our labor. And so, you know, um, even though we are, most of us maybe are not all gardeners, um, <laughs> if, you, if you plant something, you know, like you want to see the evidence that it's growing and that you want to taste the evidence that it actually grew and that the fruit was good. And so, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know if anybody like has like apples or strawberries um, there, but, you know, there's a difference between a sweet strawberry or a very sweet, juicy apple to a very sour, bitter um, strawberry or, um, an apple. And so it's all about how you nurture it and how you take care of it will yield you really tasteful fruit. And the evidence will be very impactful. Yeah. And so, you know, um, a lot of times it can be like, what, you know, the fruit or the evidence is something that like you show for your work, a paycheck maybe, or an unfinished project or even a baby, so <laughs> what that's like the evidence of love, you well, know, there's the, no evidence of that right now. Like, <laughs> the fruit of love, you know, um, so that's kind of what fruit means. If we use the word fruit or evidence, that's what it's referring to, really. Right. Um, and so that's what I think Paul is trying to teach um, the church and teach us as well, too. So, yeah. So I think the other thing that you were talking about when you were talking about the fruit is, you know, basically what you sow is what you're going to reap. We were actually at um, like a volunteer meeting yesterday, and uh, one of the things that 
the leader said was talking about how if we don't, you know, sow the right thing, we're not going to reap the right thing or, or in this case, the fruit. And so it could bear some fruit, but like David said, it can be bitter, it can be sour, it can be just nasty. You don't want to eat it. It's not good fruit. It's like bad fruit. But um, at the same time, uh, it was really interesting to hear someone else point of view of you know in the context of serving and volunteering at the church you know like what you sow like if you come with a open heart and a heart to serve then you're gonna reap that you know and at the end and versus the other way I guess but that was interesting how yeah anyway how he said that I did we'll finally get into what each fruit means and how we can apply it in our own life okay so the first one is Love. <laughs> Ooh, love. Yeah, obviously. So, um, Paul wrote this, and he first started out with love, because only God himself can give his perfect love, and he did so by shedding his blood on the cross for those that have committed sin and will commit sin in the future. It's so simple. Um, when Whenever we love God first and others, it's the closest result of re- receiving God's perfect love from him. Um, but one thing I wanted to point out is you might know that really famous passage that is often spoken at the wedding and it's first Corinthians 13, but one of the things that they don't usually say is this verse from, uh, verse 13. It says, now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So you can see that love is like the most important yeah. part of the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. And also, too, um, what's really interesting about that, like, about love is love is brought up so many times in the Bible. And, you know, Jesus was, like, the perfect example of love whenever he was on this earth. Mm-hmm. And so um, it it's crazy to see that, like, that, like, correlation and that connection between, you know, Jesus, what Paul was writing and what the other books of the Bible says, too, about about love. Um, and we're not saying that like, that's the most important one, but that is like the first one that he started with. And there's obviously a reason why. And so, um, and like, we like, we love love, right? Like if, if each one of us loved a little bit more every day, this world would be a much better place. You know, Mm -hmm. whether that's saying hi to someone you don't know, or, um, praying for somebody that needs praying for, or just, you know, baking, baking somebody or, um, you know, just being kind to your neighbor, you know, is all is all in that in that love act. Mm-hmm. Mm, so definitely. So th- this kind of love from God is selfless. It's not it's sacrificial, and it's not the type of love that you would see in the world where uh, it's conditional. Like, oh, I'll only love you if you do this for me, if, or or if I get this from you, or if you don't do this for me, or I don't get this from you, that I'm going to leave. I don't love you anymore. It's, that's not the case with with God, and that, that's not the fruit of love from the Holy Spirit. It's selfless, it's sacrificial, and it's, like, always giving um, of yourself and pouring of yourself. So uh, it's the fruit that really blankets um, all of the rest of the fruits, and the other fruits cannot be brought forth purely without love so that's that's the first of all (laughs) yeah so super important um the second one is joy uh this is joy 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 yes we're gonna sing for y'all no 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 we're not (laughs) just kidding 
Okay, so this this fruit or this this evidence is really um, kind of interesting. It has a lot of, I guess, deeper meaning than than like what it is. So, joy and happiness and gladness it can almost be paired together, but in its own way. So, whenever the Bible talks about joy, or whether you know somebody wrote it or somebody said it, it's referring to to gladness. Um, like being deeply glad, uh, deeply joyful. And so it is basically the realization of God's favor and grace in one's life. And so biblical joy is happiness that's not dependent on circumstances. Mm -hmm. So basically like whenever we think of happiness or the world thinks of happiness you know you think of things that are of circumstances like oh i want to have this bigger house or i want to have this nicer car and they all they all come with a price and they all come with circumstances and usually once you get this you're you're uh wanting and longing more but this joy is deep and so whenever we have god in every aspect of our lives joy will flourish in your lives yeah. and the lives that you touch and that you have an impact on. And so it just spreads from there. And so, um, you know, I've, I've heard and read this in many books, many different talks, uh, YouTube and just everything else is that, you know, whenever somebody's referring to happiness, I, I tend to discover and most of the time this plays out that they still feel empty and sad and there's a, a longing inside, even though they may have everything they've ever wanted. Yeah. And that's that's the difference between the world's happiness to the biblical joy yeah. that God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus wants to fill you with. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, as he was talking about, he thought of this was, I feel like a lot of joy comes from being content with where you're at in life. And just like he said, you know, it doesn't depend on circumstances. And I cannot remember for the life of me, one of the verses from uh, the New Testament where Paul talks about, you know, I will be content in all circumstances uh and jesus is because of jesus i have all the strength that i need i can't remember that verse but it's very similar to like what joy is like he's joyful and content under all circumstances it doesn't matter uh what had happened to him or what situation he was in he was going to be content with where god had placed him and so i feel like joy and contentment can be very similar Hmm. um but if you're not content, then how can you be joyful? Wow. That's but, true. And, and one of the things, you know, what David was saying, like, um, people can be very sad and empty, even though they have everything. There's such a strong correlation of, you know, people that are movie stars and celebrities and uh, they made it to the top. And a lot of them really do struggle with depression and all these mental illnesses. And some of them um, hurt themselves and they kill themselves. and in, in all of those ways and so I feel like there's such a strong correlation because they probably thought oh this is gonna make me happy and then when they got it it didn't make them happy anymore yeah. um but you can tell when someone is so joyful in their lives that you can really see the fruits 
of the spirit in them. Um, I know my sister is so um, joyful and she always finds the positive in everything and I really do look up to her in terms of um, how, she, how she sees life in such a joyful way no matter what's going on in her life. So that's one of the fruits of the spirit that's some, that I struggle with that I try to find contentment and joy in my own life as well. Right. Um, so those are pretty much the, the first two. Yeah. That's only the first two. That's the first two evidence, (laughs) um, or the fruits that, that we're talking about today. And so the third one, and this is probably the longest one. So we had to do some research on all of these, um, evidences and fruits of the spirit because, you know, we don't want to just come on here and just sound like ignorant or dumb, like say a bunch of stuff that's not even true. So like we usually do quite a bit of research on, on a lot of these, um, especially when it comes to like Bible studies and biblical topics, that's not story based. Um, and so this is, it's just funny because the, the next one is peace. And it is probably the longest one we actually wrote about in our, in our outline and did the most research on because, man. Yeah, it's really like, hard. It's just really hard. And I feel like that peace is the most challenging, like, evidence and fruit out there. I mean, maybe somebody else struggles with, like, kindness or goodness, but I feel like peace is, like, huge. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Especially, especially like nowadays, you know, um, 2021 and, you know, the rocking year of 2020, like really rocks and boats. <laughs> and boats. so it really, a lot of people have been very, and still are very uneasy about a lot of things. And, you know, um, the peace just, just isn't there anymore. And we kind of want to take a little bit more time on this because it's, it's so important. Um, and not, not saying that all, all these aren't important, but this one's super important. And so peace is the result of allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and minds. That's interesting because it's the result of allowing, right? So that means like you have to allow the Holy Spirit to work within you and then the result is peace. It takes faith and it takes you to make the first step to be able to have peace in your life, to be able to to, to be able to spread the peace among among others. But you have to allow the Holy Spirit to, to come and to work in your heart and in your mind. And when we have peace, you know, we are free from fear. Maybe not all the way, but we have a different mentality, like, about fear than we would normally would in, like, a worldly sense. And worry about the world. Maybe finances, our safety, our salvation, and our eternal life. Um, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is seen in the peace that comes even when our circumstances are far from peaceful. And so, um, you know, we attended a church recently on a Sunday and the pastor was really hitting home on this sense of peace and the sense of whenever the world seems to be falling apart, how can the church and how can Christians come up from it like never before? And I feel like it's through all of the fruits of the spirit, but more importantly, the peace aspect, you know, as far as safety and salvation and, you know, just basically being free from worry and fears of this world. 
Um, one of the things that, you know, he was saying about peace is, you know, life can get really crazy and he brought up, you know, 2020 was such a, a rough year and I think the thing is that everyone had their own routine, they had something, you know, set in place, oh, this is never going to happen, it's always like this and like he said, you know, the pandemic happened and a lot of things that changed and shifted and everyone's routine changed and people had to be at home and not to say that being at home is bad, but, you know, a lot of people weren't used to being at home or working from home with your with your children just outside the door. Um, and a lot of people lost their peace, you know, and their security. And uh, that's something that, you know, like you said, we wanted to bring up, you know, and really talk about this in the episode on, on the Bible study. One of the things that we really tried to do, <laughs> especially during the election last year and even right, right now, is, you know, we try to just be still with God and choose to read the Bible and pray and stay off of social media and really just turn off the news. The news is not something to be watching right now. Maybe you can turn it on once in a while, but it's not something that you need to be, uh, you know, have on playing all day long and just hearing that chatter of, like, worry and negativity and, you know, oh, this is going to happen or something's going to explode or, you know, all these robs and, you know, I mean, mobs didn't come out and riots didn't break out and you need to have all your food and store and, and everything. It's just bad and you don't need to be hearing that all the time. You need to be tuned in with the Holy Spirit and that's how he can work in you and give you peace. Uh, of God in you no matter what is going on around you and the thing is that uh, peace can only come when you have hope in Jesus. Jesus is our only hope that can never be taken away and when you have peace about that nothing no one can ever take it away from you not the government not the country not the world nobody can ever take it away from you and so that's how you can have peace you know you know, when we all passed away, we have a place to go, and that's our hope. So, wow, yeah, that's good. I like that. But that's what that's what we're really working on this year. Um, I wouldn't say it's our word, but like we're just we're just we don't have a word wanting, of the year. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of words, <laughs> but we're just striving to be more peaceful and to allow the Holy Spirit to help us with that. Yeah, the the other one. So we've talked about love. We talked about joy. We've talked about peace. Um, You want to start off on the fourth one? Oh, goodness. This is something that we both struggle with, right? Uh, We're talking about patience here, y'all. So (laughs) I think only you struggle with this. Um, you struggle with it a lot. And that's just me. <laughs> I think we all do, right guys? Okay. Yes, we all struggle with, with patience. Yeah, so patient it's a little a bit different when we were uh, researching on this. It's not just like just being patient on, you know, waiting for your food. It's not that's that's not the concept. It's just that through the Holy Spirit we are waiting we are able to wait longer before we're gonna indulge into our passion. Uh, we become long-tempered rather than short-tempered. It's almost like the the concept of not getting angry easily. Uh, that's why they said long-tempered versus being short-tempered. Uh, Paul used this word whenever he was describing Jesus and his patient with him. And just like Paul, Jesus showed him patient while he was walking with Jesus back in the book of Acts. Uh, 
on the way to Damascus. Um, you know, for, you know, for most of us, patience is really not something that comes easily. It's really hard for me. It's hard for David, even though he doesn't want to admit it. Oh no! <laughs> Especially in this day and age of, you know, we have the whole world, you know, at our fingertips. You know, in our phone, like we can look at look up anything. We can have DoorDash at our door with our food instead of us going out and going to the grocery store and making our own food at home. We'd rather have people bring food to us and then. You know, we wonder why we spent so much money and maybe gained some weight. <laughs> We're not patient in that. And one of the things that I read in the book a while back that really stuck with me is she said, you cannot Amazon Prime your life. Wow. And if you don't know what Amazon Prime is, it's, you know, if you order anything from Amazon, you can get it within free uh, two-day shipping. Yeah. And so you can't Amazon Prime your life. You know, you're going to have to be patient, especially when you're working towards something that, you know, God wants you to do. And it's not happening right away. You have to be patient and you have to trust in him that his, his timing is more perfect than your own. Yes. Is there anything else you want to add to patient? Um, I think that patience, just like all of the rest of these uh, evidences and fruits of the Spirit, can be practiced and developed over time with the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus helping you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely something that takes a lot of time and practice uh, and like, like development. Like you can develop patience. Maybe somebody's really patient, and but maybe they like they're they're so fearful and anxious about everything. So you know, this is something that can be worked on, and it can be much much easier with the help of Jesus and with the Holy Spirit to to like show us the way of patience. You know, and it's so hard because like like a lot of these words you can't like it's not something that's like concrete or it's like physical like you can't hold patience like it's like it's you like you can't pet it and you like can't pet it in your room well none of patience these and yeah none of these these are all like i don't know what the word is i don't know if it's like tangible or non-tangible i think uh, they're i think it's intangible intangible like things like that in, you can't hold that you can't hold so it's like how can i practice or develop it when i can't touch it and so <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like, it's just, it's just hard. And so, you know, to wrap your mind around patience, but, you know, as Leanna said, the best example that we can give is that you can't Amazon Prime your life, your life. And so that pretty much describes patience. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we're working on patience. I'm sure you are too. Um, And so, you know, this is kind of like a one other thing that Leanne and I are working on together yeah. as a couple. Yeah, and Leanne's I feel up. like a uh, patient can really carry over into whenever you become a parent. You know, you're trying to be patient with your baby, and then a toddler, and then a child, and then a, a preteen, nope. and a teenager, and like they kind of drive you crazy. And um, I can understand, you know, some of the parents out there. I can't imagine the amount of patience that you have with your children. And you know, one day we want to have kids, and so. It's so good that we're trying to work on our patience now so that maybe we can carry that over into whenever we have children and we, and we become parents as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, so we just kind of wrap that one up. Um, thanks, Leanna, for wrapping that one up. And, okay, let's move on to kindness. Okay, so um, kindness is something that you hear a lot. 
you know, on social media and the news like, and from be, be, people. Be kind. You know, be kind. Uh, I like you back. Like, you know, um, I don't know. Like, this is something that is a lot more common, I guess, in the world than that's probably not as common as love. But it's still really common. And, and people like to talk about this. Um, even non-Christian. Even non-Christians. And so it's basically... F- so kindness is really the fruit from the Holy Spirit himself. And so a kindness um, is crucial, especially when speaking the gospel to those like who don't know him and are skeptical or cynical um, of him. And so, you know, like having kindness is, I think it all starts in the heart, you know, and oh, yeah. where your heart is. It's, it's definitely something that can be practiced too and developed. Um, but it's it's different than like goodness. It's like genuinely being kind to someone. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe you can think about one thing that you can do today to be kind to someone. Yeah, you can also be kind to someone that have hurt you or, wrong, or wronged you or I don't know, like you don't have to like talk back. You know, like in, in Matthew it says, you know, you know, if someone... What is it? Slaps you? Slaps mm-hmm. you? You know, turn your other cheat also. <laughs> but obviously don't, you know, don't actually practice that. But it's just a way to describe, like, you know, that's just being kind and that, you know, not talking back and, you know, being kind to others. Even, even like, the outcasts or the, the people that are lost or considered uncool, you know, be kind to them, you know, and do it with a right heart and humble heart. You know, like, don't be kind to others just so you can get something in return as well. Yeah. And I also think that kindness can also come from, like, how you hold yourself, um, yeah. how you express yourself. I think all of that, all of that plays into into kindness. Yeah, definitely. And like being kind, and like you know, looking people in the eye, or um, we can we can all see your smiles through your masks. Yeah, and one of the things that uh, did you read that verse already? No. Okay, so in Romans two four, uh, this is why kindness is so important. It's through God's kindness to us that leads us to repentance, to turn to Him. Um, one of the things that I had found while we were researching this was John chapter 8. Um, you know, there was a woman caught in adultery and the Pharisees and all the law people, lawyers and whatnot, they were all like, oh, Jesus, we need to stone her because she was caught in adultery. That's so in the law. And Jesus said, whoever one of you has not sinned can cast the first stone. And they were all like, never mind. And they all walked away. And, you know, he went up to her he didn't stop there you know he was you know the way he you know helped her that wasn't where he stopped he went up to her and said uh you are free and go and sin no more and so it's almost like people think that you have to be kind and always let people do what they want in their life like that's not according to what the word says you know you know it's it's being kind to somebody, you can tell them, hey, you shouldn't sin no more. But it's the way you approach them with kindness and love and peace and joy and patience. It's the, it can lead them to repentance one day. Wow. You know? Yeah. So. That's good. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> okay, let's move on. So the next, uh, the next evidence or fruit of the Spirit is goodness. And so, you know, goodness is 
sort of like kindness, but um, there is a, there is a difference. And so goodness is seen in our actions and ultimately what comes from the heart. Uh, this word can relate not only as being good, but doing good things for others and giving back. So as you can kind of tell from, from the last uh, evidence or fruit, you know, there is a some differentiation between kindness and, and goodness. I think that Very goodness similar. is more action, action packed, more at more of a, uh, of a word of action uh, as well as kindness. But kindness has more of, I wouldn't call it an action, an action word. Uh, it has more, more, more meaning behind it. But goodness uh, is mainly things from like what you do or um, definitely like what you do is shown through like how you are on the inside. Yeah. And so. But it's just being good, you know, you don't have, so basically goodness is not found in people who have hidden selfish motives, you know, behind their quote unquote good action, or if they have intentions that are harmful, or if to control or manipulate others to do what they want, that's not goodness. That's the opposite. I don't know what the opposite is, but it's being, I don't know, like, having bad intention i just don't know what the word is but you know that's not what goodness is goodness is having you know you know having that humble and soft heart for people and you're not thinking of yourself and you're not being selfish and so being good you're doing good for people without getting something in return at the same time yes um so it's really hard goodness is one of those words really hard to describe and like he said there's a lot of, um, of fruits in here that are very intangible. You can't touch it. Uh, it's something that hum- it humped in over time, especially if you're a new believer. And uh, you have the Holy Spirit sanctifying you and um, and all of that. It, it just takes time. And you don't have to rush to be dead all at once when you need that time to let the Holy Spirit work in you first. Yeah. That's good. Okay, so we've got three left. Oh my goodness. And we're going to take a, a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Okay, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do that. I was like, what? We're taking a break. <laughs> okay, so the next evidence or fruit of the spirit is oh faithfulness. Faithfulness is a character trait that combines <laughs> dependability and trust based on our confidence in God and his eternal faithfulness. So this word is definitely a New Testament word. Um, the Old Testament really it doesn't really talk about faith and, and faithfulness until Jesus basically was born and then like died on the cross. Then this is where this came into play. And so, you know, in the New Testament, faith is the belief in God and the conviction that Jesus is the Messiah you know, through whom we attain eternal salvation uh, and not needing to force our own way in our own life. And so, you know, um, faithfulness is basically trusting Jesus that he is the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's about as simple as that, you know. And um, and so do you have anything to add with that? Yeah. So the other thing that I thought of, you know, like he said, it's not really... Um, I guess shown in the New Testament for us to apply in our life, but it is shown in the Old Testament. So I've been reading the Old Testament, you know, you know, for the year, 
And so one of the things is that God is still faithful to us, even when we're not faithful. And so I just, in, in that way, whenever we follow God and we turn to him, he, you know, it's not like he expects it from us, but it's almost like we long to be faithful to him. Just like he's been faithful to us, even though we might mess up, we might fall, we might turn away and go on another path. You know, one day, hopefully we come back and become faithful to God again. Uh, Over and over again in the Old Testament, there's accounts of people going back and forth and, you know, serving idols instead of God. They're unfaithful to God. And, you know, there's all these poems and all of that in the Old Testament that, you know, displays that God is still faithful through it all, even though they always turned away from him or cursed at, at God and all of that. Right. Um, so, so the Holy Spirit is calling us to be faithful, and that's how we can see evident in our life. Wow. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, um, that, that pretty much sums that one up. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about gentleness. Oh, gosh. Being gentle. Okay, this is a really interesting one. So what's the first thing that you all think of whenever I say the word gentle? I sit in a moment of silence. We can't hear you, but that's okay. <laughs> so whenever we think of gentle, whenever I thought of gentle, I thought of being like weak or uh, very, I guess, not strong or, I, I don't know, being vulnerable maybe. being Letting too, people like walk all over you. Being too vulnerable. I don't know. That's what I thought of, but you may have thought of something different. So this is a really good, um, I guess, analogy and um, some Bible verses here that explain gentleness. So Jesus spoke up after his prayer to his father. Um, this is found in the book of Matthew eleven twenty-eight through through 29. So whenever Jesus was speaking with the disciples, he was talking uh, about the about the church and about the cities and about the destruction and all of this stuff. And then randomly, he just starts praying to his own father. This is Jesus. He just randomly starts praying, like, out of nowhere. And he said this. He said, come to me. Well, he said, like, before this prayer, um, the disciples were a little bit confused on what he was talking about. So this is one statement, one verse, and it's really impactful. But Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take upon, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Mm-hmm. So basically, Jesus is praying to his father um, before this, and then randomly he just starts in with, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden." Very random. So it almost feels like the I feel like the disciples were all like looking at him, like as he's praying to his own God, like he is God. It's like kind of strange. <laughs> praying to himself. He's like praying to himself. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, come to me all who labor. So I feel like he knew that, that the disciples and that maybe the people around them were very heavy laden with something. Right. Maybe it was like family or work. They were tired. And Jesus literally said, I will, I will give you rest. So that is gentleness. Basically in a nutshell, it requires great strength and self-control to be gentle. And kind of the opposite of what you may have thought of at first. And Jesus wants to help help you with this. And so that you can help others even when they 
have done you wrong or they have done him wrong, you know, and it co- and it comes from the heart and the way you approach things. And so, um, you know, whenever I read this and I was trying to understand this, I was like, wow, like that makes total sense. Like you do have to be really strong and, and, and you have to have self-control to be gentle. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. It's like a, it's like, it's like reverse psychology, but, um, but it's, it's, it's the truth. So. It makes me think of, um, like Captain America. I know that's not a, it's not a random, it wasn't even on the outline, but it makes me think of Captain America because, you know, even though he looked kind of strong, he was very gentle. And, and I've only watched the movies. I've never read the comment, by the way. But I've watched the movie and he was always kind to people. He was gentle to people. And then he would fight whenever it was time to fight. But sometimes in the movie, he wouldn't want to fight if it was unnecessary. He wasn't one of those, oh, let's fight so I can show off my strength and, like, everything, my muscles. But I feel like Tasha and Merita was a good example of, you know, having that gentleness and, you know, doing, you know, putting his knee down and tossing someone. And so, not to say I have a crush on him, I'm just, I just thought of it just now as he was explaining, like, you know, it takes a lot of strength to be gentle. Yeah. And it made me think of him. So. Yeah. Captain good. America, people. Yeah, yeah, the fruit of the spirit there. Yeah, Captain America. <laughs> okay, so we're on to our last one. And yes. that is self-control. Ooh. So, Leanna, what's self-control? Okay, so self-control is the ability to control one's body and its sensual appetite and desires and passion, physically and mentally. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. The ability to control oneself, in particular, one's emotion and desires, or the expression of them in one's behavior, especially in difficult situations. Y'all, it doesn't have to be just in terms of, you know, being sexually pure. It can be in other ways. Being self-controlled can be, you know, like, controlling yourself to not get angry so easily, or to throw a tantrum, or... In other ways, like, to uh, have self-control on what you eat, eat really good food instead of fast food, have self-control to uh, not to be spending so much money and uh, I guess having, like, a shopping addiction, have that self-control. Like, we're not meant to, I guess, overindulge yeah. our desires and <laughs> our passions. That's a good word, overindulge. Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of funny how, like, in the world there's, like, this term of, you know, have everything in moderation. It's almost like the same concept. Like, God is not saying, oh, I don't want y'all to have fun. I don't want y'all to, like, you know, enjoy your life. Like, he says that over and over in um, in Ecclesiastes. Uh, you know, Solomon was talking about, you know, enjoying your life, you know, with the wife that you have and the fruits that you have and the blessing you have. Enjoy your life. He never said, like, to not have fun, but to have self-control to where you're honoring God and, like, for me and David, for example, like we honor God by saving sex for marriage and that took a lot of self control and we weren't perfect, but you know, that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in both of us. Yes. So that's just an example. Like I'll just be honest, I'm just you know, we're this is the open conversation here. <laughs> yes. So that's self control. Um, so that can be kind of hard for a lot of people. And, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it takes a lot of practice. Like, I mean, most of you can think back whenever you were in high school or junior high, how you did something very rationally or irrationally. Irrational. Sorry. Lash out irrationally. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I'm pretty sure all of us could have could thought of or think of a moment of when we have 
have lost our control um, and basically given in to what's going on around us. Yeah. So, but it's it's something to work on, and uh, it is evidence of the Holy Spirit, and it is a part of the fruit. So, um, just something to talk about. So we have reached the end of all of the fruits and explaining it, and hopefully that y'all got a lot of insight from us and from the research and from the Bible. Yes. So, um, you know, what we're all talking about, kind of to wrap things up here, is um, in Galatians five. That's that's the chapter. Uh, and in the book as well. And so, you know, Paul is writing and he wants us to be able to recognize and learn from the Holy Spirit and to be able to discern good from evil by these nine characteristics that we stated above Mm -hmm. and that we talked about. One thing that I want to point out is that, you know, it's that just because someone has a platform and there are leaders uh, of Christianity or there's a church that does not mean that they're always walking in step with the Holy Spirit and there, you know, that doesn't mean that they are following true to these nine, uh, evidences or, uh, fruits of the spirit, but we can always pray and ask God if someone has the fruits of the spirit, if, if it is evidence in their daily life and not just when they speak or preach or, you know, how they act, but you want to have these characteristics in all walks of life, not just whenever you're on the mic or performing or in front of somebody, your family, your friends, you know, um, you want to work on these, um, even behind closed doors behind when it's just you. Doors. Yeah. So Definitely. when it's just you, so, um, um, go ahead. Uh, I, I just know the thing, the reason why David brought that up is like, you just have to be really careful with who you're influenced by because it can lead you either to the way of Jesus Christ or not. And it can be very, uh, easy to, you know, go the other way if they're not, you know, having the Holy Spirit in them and they're not walking in step with the Spirit or in truth. Um, you know, of course, we know that Christian pastors and leaders, they can always mess up. They can sin too. We all do. But it's important to know that they are repentant and they're open through their display and evidence of the Holy Spirit still working in their lives. Um, it, it can be very easy for a young person to be led astray because they don't really know the truth themselves from the Bible. They don't read it. If, and if they're only getting it from a person that is not really living in the spirit, then we're both lead, you know, leading people astray, you know. Um, so that's really important to note. And you can practice that gift of discernment anytime. Yes. Um, and so, you know, that that pretty much wraps it up and um we also uh one additional thing if you if you're wanting to to do more um reading in the bible we do have a blog post out there uh, on ephesians 5 that that you can also add in with this um but open up your bible and read some of galatians 5 and if you want to follow along uh with this podcast episode um uh, we've we've learned a lot. Uh, Leanne and I have doing all this research and stuff. It's kind of interesting. Some of the words are so basic, but they have really, <laughs> really, really deep meaning. And you know, maybe we truly don't understand all of it, but we did our best, and yeah. we hope that you had fun and had some laughs and learned something too along the way. Yeah, definitely. And we hope that you're enjoying the the season that we're in. Uh, you know, we're just going back to the truth and back to the basis of the Word of God, and we hope that this brings you. Uh, some wisdom and knowledge into your own life to apply. So, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way you can say thank you is to share your support. If you could take a quick screenshot of the episode, tag it at The Simple Mission, and share it online, it could make a huge difference for us, while also spreading hope and light to your friends and family. If you haven't done so, please just give us a star rating and a review on iTunes. This small act will take one minute of your time, but it could potentially change lives forever for the glory of God. Thank you for listening. See you next time.